subjects one thing's for sure we are certainly loyal viewers you're listening to the vigilante 1939 podcast we are part of the let's go podcast network pop culture without the pop my name is nick zanuck usually on world's finest usually on world's finest i'm joined by chris evans from the let's go podcast network and what do we do on world's finest is a little bit of a different show than our typical everyday vigilante show on world's finest we break down batwoman season two and Superman and Lois. But because these episodes are getting bigger, the stakes are getting bigger, we're bringing some more viewers and guests on. So joining Chris and I, we have first-time guest on the Vigilante Nights and Night Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce this gentleman. I'm sure all of you guys follow him on Twitter. He's a great guy. We have <laughs> Ryan Hustleman. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, sir. And how about yourself? I'm doing I'm doing great. Now that now that you're here with us, we get your thoughts on the on these shows. It's gonna be awesome and I can't wait to dive into it. But joining Ryan and myself is the Batwoman to my Superman every week. You know him, you love him from the Let's Go Podcast Network. He's Chris Evans. Chris, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Daddy? I'm doing great now that I have my Bat family and my family still with me here tonight. Hashtag fam of steel. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Which we're going to get there. But we took a little bit of a break from Batwoman because Superman and Lois has been so huge. But we're going to bring Batwoman back into the conversation. And boy, do we got a good one to talk about here today. So Chris and I usually give our thoughts on Batwoman. So Ryan, we're mm-hmm. going to kick this one off to you. How have you been liking uh, Batwoman season two and just the, the show in general? Do you think it lives up to the Batman standards a little bit? I do. Um, I've always been a big Arrowverse supporter, even during some of its more weaker moments spread out throughout all the shows. Um, I've been really impressed with season two in general. Um, I remember when Ruby left last year and they kind of said that they weren't going to just outright recast her right away and bring in a new character. I was a little hesitant I thought, you know, last summer, you know, this is either going to work wonders and be great, or this move is going to sink the show and it'll end up being canceled. But I've, I'm glad to have been proven wrong and that any worries I had last year have been negated. I think Javincia Leslie has been fantastic as Ryan. I feel like they've been handling the whole Kate Kane story decently. If we had more time, I could get a little bit more in depth there. Um, we will. <laughs> yeah, we'll <get> there. <laughs> um, I enjoyed like the first half of, se- of season two with the whole Sophia thing. It was okay. I think it's kind of obvious that it was racial ghoul light, 
but ever since Black Mask was brought in and the reveal that Kate is still around in one way or another, I think the second half has been much better. Mm. So awesome. Glad uh glad that you've been digging it. That's a nice little mm-hmm. introduction, a little bit of a precursor here. So I think we should waste no time, man. I think we get into the episode because I think we have a good one kind of jice last year. So kind of picking up off last week's episode, we get uh Luke Box, who was uh, shot by Tavoff in a very uh, political justice, uh, Black Lives Matter heavy episode. So obviously the ending of that was a big cliffhanger. You know, Luke Box, you know, all black man gets shot by another white cop. They kind of dived a little bit into the, uh, you know, logistics of that. So this week, Luke Box is in a coma. He's in like this little dream state sequence that a lot of TV shows and movies kind of tend to do a lot of times when people get shot, they like to have them in these like dream, dream state sequences here. So uh, Luke sees Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne is kind of this like Jiminy Cricket mentor figure, you know, what story do I enter kind of type role. So it, that's an interesting thing that we're going to break down here, but because I'm going to kick this one off to you. So uh, I want you to actually discuss the return of Bruce Wayne because, you know, we broke down. When Bruce Wayne initially came out of the show, he was obviously disguised as Hush, and that was uh, a very interesting take nonetheless. So, obviously, this is Bruce Wayne, and, you know, it's a dream sequence, but, you know, what did you think of Bruce Wayne's role in the episode and what he does for Luke here? I got to be honest. I really like Warren Christie as Bruce Wayne. I think that he is kind of like a a spot-on version, really. Just even, you know, just from the look of him and the way he speaks, I like it. He, he just reminds me of Bruce. And I like the way he interacts with Luke in this kind of, um, it, it's his subconscious, but I like the way he interacts because, you know, Luke is projecting the way he knows Bruce. Mm-hmm. This is the way they interact. This, this I don't think this was the way like Bruce interacts with everybody. This is just based on what he knows of Bruce. So I like the way that he was used here. Uh, I didn't think of Jiminy Cricket. I was thinking more like um, like a Christmas Carol, sure. You know, like like the ghost of Gotham there Past, go. I guess. <laughs> uh, there you go. Luke being Bob Crash, I suppose. And um, so I, I liked the way what I liked what they did. I, I thought that whole sequence was very interesting and really well done. And what I really appreciated about it was the emotional gut punch that was there. Mm. Because you kind of feel for Luke because he's torn in between these worlds essentially. And he sees his father's on the other side. He's like, well, I want to go be with my father. What am I living for? What is this bullshit that's going on in the world? Why am I here? And and I, I really like the entire sequence. And like I said, I like, I like seeing Bruce a lot. Mm. It's, a, it's an interesting point. Yeah, Ryan, I actually want to pass along the, uh, the same question to you. So what did you think of uh, Bruce Wayne in this episode? I mean, you know, throughout the seasons, I mean, you know, they were very, very keen. That, you know, we can't use Batman, you know, Batman's off the table so you know just to see bruce wayne you know in batwoman you know obviously means something so did you think that mm-hmm. what did you think of the way that he was utilizing this episode i i really liked it as well um i've been very impressed with warren christie for just the what two, three episodes that mm-hmm. we've had on if you count uh season one finale mm-hmm. um it was really interesting to see to know how he played you know, quote unquote, Bruce Wayne, when he was just Tommy Elliott in the season two premiere and to now actually see him as Bruce Wayne. I mean, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I, I want to see more of him. Mm-hmm. I really do want them yep. to mm-hmm. bring, 
find some kind of way to bring in Bruce Wayne. I would love if they could bring him in somewhat like full time. I would definitely love it if they could have him suit up. But if for, you know, the edicts that we thought that they were done with, that those are still around, Mm -hmm. I understand. But it just makes me want to see him more and more. And like what Chris was saying, I, I really dug his interactions with Luke and that it was very, it was a lot more personable than, you know, probably what some people would probably think or expect. Mm-hmm. You know, I just little tiny moments where like when Bruce called him, you know, buddy or something, yeah. you know, just made it this, that like one second made it seem like, oh, you know, Luke and Bruce had a really close friendship before Bruce disappeared, you know, mm-hmm. years ago. And it was about the whole Luke Fox, you know, hallucination or in his, you know, in his head as he's laying there dying. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most emotional moments that the whole show has had in its second season. And I mean, you don't really, you, in situations like this in movies and in other TV shows, you, you really don't see characters when they come out of a coma kind of regret it. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, when, when, when Luke woke up, you know, Mary was happy. Uh, Ryan was happy. Luke chose his dad. And if he had chosen, and you know, if he had gone to his dad, gone to the light, he wouldn't be around anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're gonna do anything like a like a survivor's guilt kind of thing with him. And because you know, we've already seen the pictures of him. Uh, spoiler alert: becoming Batwing. Yeah. I wonder if that's gonna be a motivating factor with him. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, like kind of you two gentlemen said, you know, I think Warren Christie, you know, I think this is kind of the episode that should sell you on whether or not you want more Bruce Wayne. I kind of think I want more Bruce Wayne now that I've seen him. Because, you know, Bruce <laughs> and Lucius is a big deal to me. And, you know, obviously we don't have Lucius mm-hmm. in the equation. So, you know, Luke Fox, who's actually having a nice little uh, showing in comics right now as Batman. So obviously, you know, they really want to nail Luke Fox in, in a good way here. And I think, you know, when in doubt, you know, use Bruce Wayne that occasionally but you know it seems to have worked well on titans uh with dick grayson you know using bruce wayne to get him to becoming nightwing so obviously you know lose use bruce wayne again to create another bat family character which was which would be batwing uh which now i want to stand that point so obviously chris yeah so what ryan so eloquently said we got a we got some reveals that yeah luke fox is indeed going to be uh an another additional bat family character which is batwing is going to be coming into the season two finale so a lot of things are going to be going on in this finale uh first what did you think of the reveal and do you think that this makes anything bloated are you excited for this uh how do you feel about this well i think that when this was back in season one they when they announced luke was going to be a character i think it was inevitable that we were going to have him as batwing yeah i think we were all just waiting for the why and the how Hmm. so now we have the why i guess we're going to get the how in the next episode or two and uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it bloating the show just yet. Because, you know, you and, I have, you and I have talked about this before. I feel like the show, it does have too many things going on 
it's at times and they get in the way of what would be a tighter narrative that I think would work better. But, you know, seeing, I think it comes down to seeing Luke in that suit. There's no denying how cool that looks uh-huh. at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I can nitpick all I want about how I didn't like this or that, or I'd prefer this, but he looks cool. Yeah. That suit is badass. And I can't wait to see Camus Johnson in it. Mm. He's going to yeah. look, I think he's going to be really great. And I think it's going to bring a new, kind of a cool dynamic because now essentially you're getting Batman and Robin, you know, you're getting Batwoman and Batwing. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, same thing, like, you know, for like you so beautifully said, you know, for every nitpick that I could possibly have, you know, I have to remember at the end of the day, they're attempting to do a live action Bat family essentially on the big screen and who and who and God's green earth, if you're a Batman fan is going to deny that. Right. I mean, it's something that we as fans have been wanting our entire lives and the fact that they're at least attempting to do a version of that kind of excites me so i i'm i'm really eager on this and, and I also, I mean, who, who would have thought that batwoman would be getting at minimum three seasons that would have also introduced characters like alice mm-hmm. and batwing into live action you know yeah. bat family lexicon you know that's yeah you know, so, so, you know make all your criticisms about the arrowverse all you want but they're doing things that I don't think the movies side of things would have ever attempted, at least not in any time soon. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, did you want to elaborate on, on something? Oh, I, I was just going to say, and I, I think that um, the, the, I guess the reason why he's becoming Batwing is really smart. Yeah. I like that. And I also appreciate the representation it brings to the show, that extra bit of it. I think that's really cool. I agree. I agree. So, Ryan, I'm going to stick with you on this one because, you know, we were having a little off-air uh, pre-record discussion here on a cool little mm-hmm. reveal that they uh, that they revealed to us in this episode, which was the fact that we had known that maybe Enigma, Enigma, mm-hmm. might be Riddler's daughter, and that is, in fact, what we get. So, obviously, Ryan, I want to pass along to you what you maybe thought of what the possibility could be that Enigma was Riddler's daughter, what she could have done for the show mm-hmm. of Batwoman, you know, assuming that it is going to continue. Uh, so what do you think of the reveal? And do you think this is a missed opportunity by the writers to let this character go so soon? Do you think it fits the narrative? How do you feel about this? Well, I'll be honest. When Enigma was first introduced, I thought not that she was, you know, Eddie's daughter. I thought that she was just going to be the Arrow versus Riddler, but they can't name her Riddler. They're so just going to call her Enigma and the King, whatever. But actually, now just outright saying that she is Riddler's daughter, my f- honest first reaction, <laughs> I, f- I feel terrible. My first immediate reaction was, wow, Riddler's got to be an old man right now, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. She's in her 40s, I want to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, unless you want to do something like I think with like Golden Girls that still get he was like a year younger than you know, <laughs> B. Arthur, who played her daughter, so I don't know, maybe I, I don't know. That's a um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think it is a little bit of a shame that we got rid of her so soon. I think there was a lot more that they could have done with her, especially if they wanted to kind of build her up as either our stand-in for the Riddler or use that to build, to actually build up 
Edward Nigma or Eddie Nashon or whatever they wanted to do with, you know, Riddler proper. True. Yeah, I can completely agree. So obviously, Chris, I know you're probably more along in the in the same boat. So do you want to elaborate on anything with the uh, Enigma reveal? Because obviously, you know, this is the world of Gotham. So, of course, you know, we're anticipating that they could, you know, they have the world, you know, they have the lore at their disposal here. So, you know, are they going to use it, Chris? As my buddy Harvey Dent would say, I'm of two minds on the subject. <laughs> I love the nod and that they it was really dark because you and I went back and forth a lot. Like, is it? Isn't it? It's Enigma. She's, She's wearing, wearing green. green. She, exactly. has, <laughs> she has a king. She's got a king. It's gotta be her. <laughs> All she's missing is a, is a bowler hat or the domino. It's got to be good. <laughs> yeah. So to get the confirmation is really cool. And I like the way Alice says it, like the way it's kind of dealt with there. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, man, why couldn't we get more of her then? Or where is her father? And I, like Ryan said, he probably isn't overdue at this point. Yeah. But like that makes me think of the Telltale Games version of the Riddler. Mm-hmm. I was, was just thinking that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think he might have been like in his 60s or something. Mm. He, he was definitely older because he came before Batman was even in Gotham. Yeah. That version did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like the reveal, but now I'm kind of sad because she's gone. And now I'm just wondering, where is Eddie? Mm-hmm. Is he going to find out that she's dead and somehow come back to Gotham for revenge in season three? Well, mm-hmm. you know, they did say, um, I think it was Alice or Ocean, said uh, there's no way to trace it back to us. So I'm guessing Eddie is alive. Mm. It's very interesting. I'm gonna uh, guess. Yeah. So I want to uh, I want to kick this one off to Ryan now. So I'm seeing, you know, a big kind of thing looming around in the background is the crows. Uh, now, obviously, if this episode is any indication, I would assume that the crows are now done. They're a thing in the past. So, Ryan, I want to ask, you know, what did you think of the crows kind of, I guess, uh, last last bit of do here you know like their last hurrah i mean obviously you know they don't probably go out on the way that they expect you know they kind of go out in a very political way here you know where they're almost forced to end uh so you know do you think that you know do we get a new version of a police force you know do we get the gcpd we get the something G- new i think simply the gcpd is gonna have to start doing their job right you know <laughs> at some point <laughs> exactly yeah. and are are we going to use this as our gateway into what's going what's going on with gordon are we going to have any reference to gordon yeah. and what's been going on for barbara now, not, now that the gotham police department is going to have to start taking care of things themselves instead of leaving it to a third you know a, a private company for lack of a yeah so but i i, th- I think it is you know it is about time you know the we got hints of it in the first season, but second season has really shown that just like in the early days of almost all the Batman, you know, canon and whatnot, just like with the GCPD, the Crows is deeply corrupt and, you know, there probably was no way to salvage it except to kind of burn it down, whether or not they're, you know, they're going to try and restart it in some other way i don't know but you know half joking half serious you know the gcpd is gonna you know kind of have to start paying more attention yeah it's a great point yeah chris where's your head at here because you know i know you've had a lot of thoughts 
uh, with the Crows. I'm sure you're a little bit lukewarm, you know, obviously on the way that, you know, their story ends, you know, something bigger, something hopeful, you know, does the Bat family, you know, have a bigger role here? You know, who, who is the patrol in Gotham City now? I am so glad to see the Crows gone. <laughs> you know, I've hated the Crows all this season. I think they are more useless than stormtroopers at this point. Nice. Um, but I, I actually didn't mind the, I thought the exit was pretty much well done. I like that Jacob Kane came to um, mm-hmm. came to the conclusion that hey, there's we're rotten and there's no fix. Holds the police this. accountable. Yeah, right. There's no fix in this. I, I like that a lot. Um, where we go from here, like Ryan said, we got to see what the Gotham PD is doing all this time because you don't see them. Like, are yeah. they even there? I, I'd like to see like a press conference or like a, a, a scene where the police are watching that, that you know, Jeff King's uh, press conference. Like, oh man, we got to go to work now. Yeah. You know, to, to do a cutaway to uh, 66 Gordon and you know, Chief O'Hara being like, oh, crap, we have to do our jobs now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they've done nothing. It Seriously. does kind of feel like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't know. I thought they've said Gordon is dead, but I don't think they've mentioned Barbara. And as we know, Barbara usually ends up as commissioner. Oh, yeah. In, in mm-hmm. different continuities. So That's that true. could be an interesting thing to do. Barbara is the commissioner. Mm-hmm. But either way, you kind of see the GCPD. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would. Yeah, that that's definitely. You know what? We just the only time we've seen them was in the last episode. Not this episode, the one before it when they arrested Brian. I think that's the only time we've seen them really do anything. Mm. There you go. So, I want to end with a prediction from each of you. So I'm gonna kick off with Brian. You know, the finale is only what like two episodes away now. So. We don't, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time here. You know, we still got Black Mask to tie up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to redeem K. Kane here. Now, assuming, you know, we got a little bit of a team Batwoman dilemma going on here. So, Ryan, where do you think uh, Batwoman as a character kind of resolves? You know, does K. Kane take back the mantle? Does Is Kate like the Bruce Wayne figure where she sits in the back cave and directs Ryan, you know, are they a Nightwing and Batman or a Batman and Robin dynamic duo? You know, we're, you know, obviously, you know, Batwing's coming into full here. So, you know, like, where, where do you see things kind of ending here? As much as I would love to see Kate Kane when she finally regains her memories and consciousness or whatever, you know, I would love to see her take, take on the mantle of Batwoman, but mm-hmm. I also don't want her to take it from from ryan because yeah. i don't want i i mean i'm sure if they did it i would enjoy it, but i don't want to see like a battle for the cowl kind of situation here with batwoman in season three um i don't know if i i i wouldn't want her to be a passive member you know i wouldn't want her to be like a batman beyond situation where she would be bruce to ryan's terry or anything like that I would still, mostly because I just want to see Wallace Day stood up and kick some ass. I don't think I'm asking for a lot there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, my prediction is I, I would hope that maybe she can, maybe we have two Batwomen, maybe Kate takes on the Batwoman mantle again and Ryan becomes Batgirl or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, 
I'm not really good at predictions. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I have we like wishes. our, like our things go ahead too. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, how about you? Where, where's your head at as, as of right now? I want Kate back in the suit. I don't care how they do it. Um, I don't want a battle for the cow either. I think that would be silly. Especially yeah. it, it's two hero, heroic characters. And while I've had my problems with Ryan in these later episodes, I really liked her enthusiasm in those first batch episodes. I thought mm-hmm. Leslie was just a burst of energy and positivity. I liked her. Yeah. Um, but I, I think preferably I would like to see, I don't know if I want Ryan written off the show because I like Ryan, mm-hmm. but if they were, I'd be okay if she went to go live in witness protection with Angelique. But my preference, I think, would be to take cues from Batman Mystery of the Batwoman when yeah. you have the multiple Batwomen. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why they can't coexist. Okay, you are Batwoman, I am Batwoman. We're going to confuse the shit out of criminals and we're going to do what we got to do. I don't, and plus you got Batwing, so that's a trio. I think that would be cool. I don't want to see her passive. I don't want to see her do the old man Bruce thing because she's not old man Bruce, mm-hmm. you know? I don't think she's at that level. She wasn't even a seasoned Batwoman to do that. Mm. So I, I just want to see her back in the suit. And I, I don't, I don't, I, I want Ryan's story to, to be settled in a good way too, if they even want to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm completely kind of in, in sync with you guys here. You know, whatever they do, you know, obviously I do want them to stick the landing. You know, I want a, <laughs> I want a good bad family portrayal here, even if it is for one episode. But, you know, I think the mystery of the Batwoman thing, I don't know if that's really too on the nose for them, but, you know, it's literally right in front of them. So, you know, and it's something that we've never seen before. It's something that the movies aren't attempting to do right now. So I think, you know, let, let, let's let's get it done. You know, I mean, I think having a cool kind of bat family, bat woman family, I think could be really cool, especially for Batwoman season three. You know, let, let's change things changing up a little bit let's give it a little bit of a bigger budget here let's expand the story a little bit let's use the lore of gotham a little bit more and i think let's get going a little bit so and you know, and you know also if you compare kate's batwoman to ryan's batwoman batwoman, I'm sorry, batwoman they're kind of different in the way they do things yeah you know um i think ryan's batwoman i would compare more to like a peter parker hmm. or even a dick grayson in a way she's more chatty more kind of bubbly Whereas Kate was meaner and more, I'm just going to do what I got to do and get out of here. Sure. So I think that would also be a fun dynamic in a way to split them up and make them each um, different enough to where you could accept, oh, okay, there's two of them. That's why there's two of them. And it's the ultimate good cop, bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do you well, mind if I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Um, I'm not saying for the season two finale, but maybe going into season three, would you guys like to see them bring back Stephanie Brown in some capacity Mm. to kind of continue to expand the Bat family? Or would that be a little, make make the show a little bit more bloated in your your eyes? Chris, what do you think, man? Because I think we almost (laughs) talked about this a few weeks ago. Well, yeah, at the time we didn't know about Batwing, but now yeah. that we do and we, you know, you see the Kate stuff, I don't know, I think that'd be tricky. But, you know, there is that rumor that CW is looking at another spinoff. I don't know if you and I have talked about that, but there's there's a rumor that they're looking at a spinoff where it would be like Batwoman, uh, Bat, I'm sorry, Batwing, spoiler, 
I forgot the other character I said who would have their own show. Mm. So if they were to introduce spoiler full on and, you know, build the relationship with it throughout like the season and then spin her off, totally cool with that. But if I don't think I would like it if they stick her on there full time while we've still got all these other characters we're trying to deal with. And I mean, even going to next year, we're still going to be reconciling the Kate Kane thing. Because that's, I doubt that's going to be over in three episodes. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, I think, you know, in the way that I am, just as like a comic book fan right now, as a DC movie fan right now, where I want characters that I haven't quite seen before. You know, I love my Batman, Superman, and Flash and Wonder Woman. But, you know, I, I think I want some more of these characters that I've never seen before and maybe haven't have a ton of backlog on. So I think, you know, if you're going to bring Stephanie Brown on, you know, in a full-time capacity, get some people to uh, attract some some viewers to her. I think go for it. I mean, I I think yeah, I think I would I think I would love to see it because you know it's something different. It's something we haven't seen before. She's a new character. I think they can do a lot of cool things with her. You know, expand the world of Batman. That's my thing too. You know, keep expanding. You know, there's no reason why we have to stay in like this center ground of just do this and keep doing this again and again and again and people are like it. You know, let's expand a little bit. So you know, let's. Let's get into the Frank Miller Batman lore. You know, let's let's go past that. Let's go beyond. Oh, that. I knew that was coming. It was, it was. <laughs> I knew where you were headed with it. <laughs> yeah, but yes, I, I would be all for it. I think I would love to see it. But I think that's gonna put a pin into our Batwoman season two, episode 15, armed and dangerous discussion. Please oh, what's up? Sorry, we didn't get Ryan's opinion on that one. He okay. asked us a question, but we didn't get his answer. Oh yeah, Ryan. Uh, what do, what do uh, you? <laughs> um, no, I would. I don't know if I'd want to see her. I, I would want to see her come back, definitely. Whether or not we suit her up as spoiler from the get go, or if we're not going to have Ryan Wilder be Batgirl, then bring her in as Batgirl for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that they did just in the forty minutes or so. I thought that they had great. Stephanie Brown and Luke had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that would lead to something more or just a teammate partnership kind of thing, I would love to see that explored more. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally hope that we bring her back because I don't think you would cast a Stephanie Brown if you're only going to use her for once. Like I thought with Warren Christie as Bruce. Okay, yeah, I know we're going to do Miss Hush, but we're not going to do it. It's just a one-off appearance. You don't yeah. do that. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I don't know where to go in the future, but I hope that she at least in season three comes back somehow. Right. I love the word hopeful that you, <laughs> that you just used there. I love the word hope that you just <laughs> used there. Because now you, you just uh, <laughs> you handed me the ball and now I'm going to run right with it. So on the, other half, <laughs> on the other half of World's Finest Show, we can <clears throat> Superman and Lois, that's right. Yes, we do. Uh, so obviously, Chris and I always love to get what we, how we, we've been loving this show week to week because it seems to change every week. And that's the great thing about this show. So, Ryan, we've never verbally, <laughs> like, even chatted about Superman and Lois. I've seen some of your tweets on Twitter. How have you been liking Superman and Lois thus far? Nine episodes in. I like it quite a bit. uh understatement i absolutely love this show i am just so happy that you know we finally have you know that tyler gets to 
be his version of Superman outside of just a couple of scenes in an episode of Supergirl here or the crossover there. I'm just so glad that he's finally getting to, you know, kind of, how do I want to word it? Like, make the suit his own instead of just wearing it temporarily. Yep. So I, I absolutely love it. Um, I love, I absolutely love Bitsy as Lois. She is with just nine episodes plus Elseworlds in crisis. <sighs> Probably would have to put her neck and neck with Erica Durant as my favorite love action Lois Lane. Yeah. Cause I love that we're, she's giving us the takes no prisoners kind of reporter investigative reporter that she doesn't let anything stop her no matter how dangerous it is mm. um and i'm actually really enjoying the kids I, I i really think i think it's interesting that they you know took the character of jonathan kent from the comics and split him into you know kind of gave a little bit to this version of Jonathan, then also to this new character, Jordan. Um, I'm really liking it. Really, really love it a lot. Awesome. Awesome. That's the one thing I love. You know, when we have guests on, you know, I always love, love hearing if people are loving the show or respectfully not liking the show, but every guest that Chris and I have had on World Finest thus far, it has been like the greatest thing since like, but to them in Superman wise, and I am absolutely <laughs> adoring that. So, but I want to waste no time on getting into plot specifics here. So, obviously, I want to save the big, big major reveal for close to the end, too, because I know that's going to take a good chunk of our time here. Uh, so, obviously, you know, this episode was titled Loyal Subjects. You know, obviously, subjects spelled a little bit differently. It's spelled with a K, coincidentally. Ha, ha, ha. I, I see you, writers. You know, inserting, the, you know, the K for kryptonite here. I love it. Uh, so, obviously, this was a very Morgan Edge centric episode you know and rightfully so once you see how it ends you know some man lois loves its cliffhangers i I always love to give it to them on that one but uh chris i'm gonna kick this one off to you so without giving kind of what the big major uh spoiler is you know what did you think of morgan as you know he obviously gets the most development that he's had thus far you know in nine episodes so what do you think of you know his manipulation throughout smallville seeing you know what he's done to some other people in smallville very close to uh, the fam- the Ken family. I love how well written Morgan Edge is because we've just seen these glimpses of him so far, and you know, I've liked him a lot. I thought he's been great, but seeing him so much of him now, it was really cool. And there's that one scene with him and Lois in his office, yeah, where he didn't admit at first that you know what she said is true, but then he just comes back at it on his own in such a way. It's like, oh, okay, you just told her just get lost now, <laughs> you know. Um, I really like how stern he is and his, his um, really calm manner. Like he yeah. does not get rowdy. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I like that. It's very different than what you see in most of these comic book villains. Even like, I think Lex Luthor gets a little bit more um, out of line, if you will, mm. than, than Morgan Edge has. And, and that's credit to the actor playing my, I unfortunately do not know his name. I, I always refer to him as the poor man's Christoph Waltz. But yeah. <laughs> he, he is great in the role and I need to look his name up at some point but I, I really liked uh, the way he was handled it's mm. a good point so Ryan I want to kick this one off to you the follow up so obviously you know Kyle Cushing has been a big 
Morgan Edge supporter, man, I give it to you, mm-hmm. Kyle, man. You are like uh, what every uh, political uh, candidate loves, loves in a, in a supporter. I give it to you, man. You know, it's uh, so I want to get this one off to you because, you know, obviously we get a we get we get two reveals. here. Obviously, you know, uh, this one, maybe not as big as the one that ends the show. But, you know, the reveal is that, you know, he and Wolves and whatever Morgan Edge was uh, self-improvement course mm-hmm. was and now he is one of the super kryptonite super soldiers here or super kryptonite i wish ex kryptonite super soldier uh and he goes right after uh lois and jonathan so i want to kiss one off to you know how have you been digging the character kyle <clears throat> you know where do you think that you know this kyle goes from here i think it is a little more clear like what do you think honestly i do think so um one of the things that I've been loving about Kyle was is that they he's never been the and I've referred to him like this on Twitter before, but he's never been just the stereotypical Brad Wilson from like Superman three, that kind of a a douchebag to that's um romantically linked to Lana. Mm-hmm. He has been walking this very fine line of he's got a lot of great redeeming qualities he really is a trying his best to be a great father and a loving husband you can really see that he does struggle with it and try um but then he is such an apologist for morgan edge that it just makes you want to like kind of grab him by the shoulders and shake him so that like wake up morgan is not this fantastic you know savior that you think he is um and even with the reveal tonight like it was uh, with the episode it was quite a bit of a roller coaster because i you know we go from him saving his daughter's performance at the the school function thing musically which i thought was a wonderful and lovely and beautiful moment between the two of them to going and threatening Lois and Jonathan and almost incinerating both them with his heat vision only to get punched out of the barn by uh, Superman. And then when he comes back to Lana, you know, on first viewing, I thought that he was kind of playing it off. Like maybe he's aware of what's going on, but upon watching again tonight, I think he genuinely does not know what's going on. You know, with, you know, when he says he, you know, woke up with, you know, black, he blacks out and that this isn't the first time that this has happened and that he's kind of terrified about the situation. And it's kind of is making me think that whenever Morgan Edge does that like high pitch, only Kryptonians can hear kind of whistling, that that kind of triggers something. So that what was the, I, I apologize, I forgot what the, um, other woman's name that was kind of featured heavily in the episode that's one Leslie. of the super- Leslie I think Leslie yeah. Lara Les- yeah. no not Leslie Lara um oh Emily Emily yes, yes Emily yes yes yeah um I I eagerly await to see if they're gonna do the same thing with her mm. and like where there's a quick moment where she's like I know I I, I blacked out at the school and I, I don't know what happened kind of thing so I I don't think that these people are at least most of them are not as aware of the situation. Mm. That's what okay. I think. Yeah. Chris, I want to, I want to get your, your thoughts on Kyle. Cause you know, we've, we've kind of speculated, you know, we, we dig that, you know, he's kind of operating in like this 
great area, but, you know, he tries to be a good dad. You know, he tries to do the right thing, but he's obviously easily, easily manipulated. Uh, so now seeing that you jokingly said that Lois is the key and she still is. She is, is Sarah <laughs> also going to be the key now when it comes to Kyle? Fun fact before we get into this, you know, the hug that they shared on stage after the performance thing? Yes. Just between the, the father and daughter. That was even scripted. That was a real thing. Yeah, they just they both awesome. got overcome with the emotion. They hugged each other. And mm-hmm. It was cool. Um, yeah. Is Sarah awesome. going to be the key? I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be the key, but she's important. She's going to be very important, I think, going forward. And mm. Kyle is... I'll make a bold statement here. Kyle is one of the best characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hated him from the start. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just a jerk, <laughs> but the way the episode, the way he's progressed in just nine episodes, and you got to see the layers of him, mm-hmm. I like the way that they're handling him. And I agree, he doesn't know what's going on, yeah. and neither does Emily. So I, I think that's a very interesting thing to play with here, because it's very much like a Jekyll and Hyde, but your Hyde is a crazy Kryptonian killer, you know? Yeah. And you, you know, he just wakes up in a field. What happened? I, I think it's very interesting, and I. I do think they've kind of played their hand, though, with uh, where something's going to go with this, which I, I know we'll get more toward the end. But yeah, Sarah, I think is going to be extremely important going forward, especially with the development of Jordan's powers and what I suspect maybe Jonathan's powers emerging. Because I just can't accept that he does not have power yet. Yeah, I, I think Jonathan's going to develop some kind of power. You know, he's he's got to. He's got the Kryptonian DNA. So yeah, he's got the name, the DNA. It's Mm -hmm. oh yeah, come on. You know the writers are just saving that for the biggest moment possible. Right. It's like the worst kept secret, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm hoping we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I actually want to talk about the action sequence that we get involving Mm -hmm. Superman this week. Now, Ryan, I'm gonna kick this one off to you because you know one of the fascinating things that I've noticed Superman and Lois is really doing is. They're making Superman like a global hero here. You know, they're not just having him <laughs> stick around in Smallville and the Metropolis. You know, he's going to New York. He's going to Mexico. He's going to Spain. You know, like, you know, so obviously in this episode, you know, he was in Mexico and he obviously goes to stop a what would be a slam dunk bank rescue. But he's a little he's a little bit rattled. You know, something's not quite right with him. And then obviously we later find out that he was infected by the synthetic kryptonite from last week's episode. So. What did you think of this Superman action sequence? And what have you been, how have you been digging, you know, the action involving Superman thus far, Ryan? I think it's been absolutely stellar. Um, I really don't know the like difference in budget now that HBO Max is a little bit more involved with Superman Lois compared to the other Arrowverse shows. But then if you also like look at Stargirl, it's like they're kind of on the same level as production quality wise. Um, I, have been very impressed with all the effects work, the stunt work, um, CGI. I mean, I am an apologist for Arrowverse CGI, (laughs) but (laughs) Superman Lois is definitely in a little bit of a league of their own. Um, But like you said, I absolutely love that this show shows Superman as a global hero. And, And I know that they're, have been debates in Superman fan community about the whole truth, justice in the American way thing and wanting Superman to kind of stay 
local. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clark Kent was raised in rural Kansas, even though he is a global icon and a global hero. He is, you know, there's still going to be a little bit of that um, Americana approach to it, or at least his mindset is. But he's also had, what, 15, 20 years to kind of make himself think of himself as more of a global figure instead of a, I'm an American, but I have these powers. Mm. So Mm. that's kind of how he goes about doing things. <clears throat> but I, just in general, I do absolutely yeah. just love that we're seeing him, you know, in what was it, China or something with the bridge, and now mm-hmm. in Mexico City, yep. doing a very, and I'm sure I don't know if you guys have seen, you know, the the meme edit or something going around on Twitter, but kind of superimposing uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the the Wonder Woman music over his, uh-huh. you know. Story. Slow mo fight. I haven't seen you know it. knocking yeah. out the people. I I loved it. I thought it was great. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, and you know he he quite holds his own too, even mm-hmm. while under the mm-hmm. uh, effects of kryptonite. So obviously, you know this does kind of hold a new uh canon of you know Superman. You know he's in that veteran stage. He can kind of hold his own a little bit. He's more of a more of a grappler. He's more of a fighter. You know he you know he, mm-hmm. he doesn't give up so easily, and I love that about this version of Superman. But Chris, I want to pack this one off to you now. So obviously we, we know that he had, was suffering from the effects of synthetic kryptonite, but we also find out that Jordan was also suffering from the effects of synthetic kryptonite, but he's had it, he had it much, much worse. And man, did I feel for that kid in this episode. So we get a very, very unique sequence where Clark takes Jordan to the Fortress of Solitude. So to literally burn the kryptonite, out of like his cells, like out of his body. And we get a really, really touching scene between Clark and Jordan as a whole that really hit me. So I want to get what you thought, Chris. What did you think of the development between Clark and Jordan? Because they really, the writers really seem to be leaning heavily into that, more so than with Clark and Jonathan, I would argue. Well, yeah, I think Jonathan and Lois are kind of the other half. Yeah. But the scene with Clark and Jordan and the Force of Solitude, it's scenes like that that make this show amazing. Clark is not in a suit. He's not doing anything like Superman-y. Mm. He's just sitting there with a kid being his father. And the fact that it is so engaging and emotional and you can't look away from it speaks volumes for how well this show has written its characters. So that particular scene, I absolutely loved it. I, I did think it was a little strange how there were just like these sniper lasers on him and that mm-hmm. was doing it. Yeah. But it, it was fine. I mean, it's fine. I, I don't know any other way they could have portrayed it. Whatever. Right. Um, I, I think it would have been a little too expensive to, hey, let's go fly through the sun real quick. So, yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> Which is what I thought they were going to do. All right. It's sad. Like, I was, I was thinking they're going to stick him like in a tanning bed kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> That's what I was or, or was Clark going to pull another man of steel here and just burn it through? Burning out of him. I, that's what I was expecting too. Like, yeah. maybe, okay, open your mouth. We're gonna do this. You got it. <laughs> um, I mean, even that scene in Mexico and him going around the world. They're Snyder fans. Nah, uh-huh. they are big Snyder fans, and I love it. But anyway, um, I, I like that scene. I thought it was it was very good, and the way it's handled is is really nice. And Jordan's his reaction to the the gas 
that was unexpected. He's like sneezing ice everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and at first thing, okay, that's just annoying. But then the buildup to, and you realize, no, his lungs are freezing. Mm. Like he's in real danger. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, boy is Clark going to now need all the help he can get gentlemen, because let's not waste any more time guys. Let's get into the big major, major reveal here with uh, Morgan edge. I'm going to leave Morgan Edge in quotations now, uh, who summons <laughs> Superman uh, to his side to, I guess, give him the warning of, uh, of a lifetime, I should say. So, obviously, we're all victim to being in the moment here, of course. So, when Morgan Edge said that brother to Superman, now, obviously, I'm thinking now that I've had more time to digest, I've had more time for the episode to marinate. Ryan, I'm going to kiss one off to you now. When he says brother, do you think that that was more metaphorical? Like, you know, like, you know, how you and I are talking, like, what do you think, brother? You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're not related, but, you know, I'm calling you brother, like that kind of sort of thing. Or do you think that he is an original character uh-huh. created for the show? Is he uh, a secret villain miraging his Morgan Edge like Zod? I don't know. You know, so uh, where, like, where does where does your uh, gut instinct tell you about that reveal i mean because that's a major major choice man well you know brief context for the last couple weeks i have been hearing you know the i don't know if it'd be rumors but fan theories that you know morgan since with morgan edge putting all these kryptonian souls into people's bodies that morgan at quote-unquote morgan edge would be zod in morgan edge's body so I've kind of been hemming and hawing about that for the last couple of weeks. And so when he, you know, back on Tuesday night, when he started to levitate and start telling Clark, you know, oh, I've had these powers for as long as you have ever since I came here. Yeah. I, I still was kind of in the, okay, are we doing some like weird new version of Zod? Because yeah. I know pre-crisis Arrowverse, Zod is dead, but now post-crisis we can do anything. Mm. Um but I feel like if it was going to be Zod, they would have just to kind of like put a final stamp on the cliffhanger and make us wait in anticipation for next week. They would have just said it at the end. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I, I'm to kind of bring back the whole uh, Harvey Dent, I'm of two minds here thing. Um, if we are going to do literal brother, I'm wondering if this is going to be some kind of adaptation of hell. Uh, if we're going to do that. Hmm. Um, but I can also see it being just some other kind of Kryptonian, you know, the offspring of someone else that maybe Jor-El right. knew about. I'm, I'm just very curious. I'm just yeah, I'm not sure what to exactly like. <laughs> think. I've got a, I've got a couple different right. you know ways my thoughts can go down, but I don't know which one to go with. Well, let's 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 play around with this. You know, let, let's sit on this for a little bit because you know, obviously, this is the biggest thing that the show has kind of revealed to us thus far. So, Chris, where where is your head at? I know you and I have had a lot of a lot of talk. I mean, I don't think not even five minutes after the episode was over, and I had a whole like mini chat of people like. Well, do you think this is Zod? What is this? Do you see that reveal? So obviously, Chris, I want to know where your head is. I know you were under the distinct impression that they were going to reveal Zod 
in some form or capacity. So do you still think that that's in the cards? Uh, what do you, what do you think the reveal? Cause obviously, you know, that Kryptonian crest too, is kind of what throws me off a little bit that Morgan Edge was wearing. Morgan Edge did not train on a farm. It is. Zod. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I, I'm still sticking with, I think it's odd to me. That makes the most sense. I know that the pre the pre crisis he's dead, but anything goes now <laughs> with the, this new part. We don't even know if this version of Clark is in that same universe. We haven't seen Supergirl, you know, mm. I don't think with this, she's even been mentioned. And it, I remember in that the finale of crisis, he didn't even have the twins at that point. Like the start of the episode, he does not have twins. Mm. Then at the end of the episode, he suddenly has twins. Things yeah. are different. So I, I'm going with some form of Zod. Um, I like what Ryan said. Maybe it's Zod's consciousness in this body. Sure. That could be it. Or I think because of the wording, he's a, a full-blown Kryptonian. I yeah. don't think uh-huh. he's a conscious kind of guy. Okay. Is that when I came to Earth? So I think it's got to be Zod. Or there is another character. Um, he's kind of, a, I think, a recent addition to Superman lore. He was in the Bendis run Man of Steel. I forgot his name, but he's like a, a big Kryptonian guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could be doing that. But as far as I know, nobody likes that character or that story. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with some form of that. I know I mentioned to you, maybe it's like Brainiac somehow. Sure. Hmm. But that's probably reaching because I just want to see Brainiac. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah I really yeah. want to see Brainiac too. Yeah. I'm yeah. sticking with Zod because of the, the crest and everything, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. And obviously that that twist and reveal literally like blows my mind. You know, I thought the Kyle thing was crazy enough. But, you know, when they do this, where he's like, well, the other, you know, you see what I'm going to do now. Now, I will admit, you know, on the criticism side, yes, it is, is a kind of a cliche that, you know, the villain happens to be his brother, his long lost brother that Superman doesn't didn't know about or that he didn't know about. Uh to me, I'm on the fence. I think it could be cool. The show hasn't let me down yet. It's kept me guessing every week. I've dug all the twists and turns that they've thrown at me. They've all kind of really came at the right time, which I've dug. But, you know, as far as what the reveal goes, obviously I know that Smallville kind of toyed around with that idea a few times too, you know, more recently with like the Doomsday season where, you know, it was a human character that transformed into Doomsday, but he was more or less the uh, – the son of Zod. So, and he was just happened to be on earth and Smallville the whole time. I think that was kind of a retcon that the writers did because the writers played around with that show quite a bit. So that is obviously my critique is that, you know, it is easily retconnable if he's going to be his brother, because I make it easily kind of change that mm-hmm. uh, if they wanted to, but if it is his brother and it is an original character, I give the writers that much more credit because that's something that has not been pulled out of the bag yet. It hasn't been done before. Uh, so I would think I would be all for it. My curiosity goes is like you guys now. Is it gonna be Zod? Is it gonna be somebody else? Are they just do they just give Morgan Edge power so they can do the infamous Lex versus Superman battle that they always seem to want to do, where Lex has got to have powers because he's got to go up against Superman? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're all on the boat now that now that's gonna be the finale. Is essentially them two going at it. It's gonna be the mm-hmm. Kryptonian army coming full circle it's what john henry irons was talking about uh so yeah i don't know if you guys wanted to expand on anything else but i mean it's it's it certainly blew i think all of our minds no question i mean i i'm sorry chris 
Oh, I, I was going to ask something. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, I mean, if if it is Zod, and if it's not like a possession kind of thing that they're going to do, I'm okay with it being either the metaphorical or the literal thing, because like I think back to the Krypton show and its own take on Zod being, you know, Superman's uncle. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that that they played around with that. So if they want to do this as Zod is his, you know, more quote unquote Morgan edges Zod, but he mm-hmm. thinks of all Kryptonians as his brothers and sisters, or he does actually there is a blood connection to Clark uh, or maybe this is the, you know, if, if we want to say that Morgan edge and Clark are roughly the same age, then maybe Zod did the exact same thing Jor-El did and sent his son to okay. earth as well, but didn't let Jor-El know or something. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like, like what you said, I, I have not been disappointed in anything the show has done. So whatever avenue it wants to go, mm-hmm. I want to see it play out. And I'm sure that one degree or another, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, they, they did lean heavily into the meteor shower. I know Clark mm-hmm. really made sure to mention that, you know, who knows what especially, came out. Yeah, especially shower. this episode, too. They, and he said yeah. that there was more than one. So hmm. that, that it lasted, that it was like worldwide and it lasted for like a whole week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But Chris, uh, what's up? I know you wanted to expand on something here. I was going to ask you, what if it is, uh, Ryan can answer, but what if it is literally a brother he never knew he had? Mm-hmm. And whether it's Zod or not, what if they do decide to give him a brother and see how that plays out? Because we've seen this with like Batman. In the Court of Owls, the Talon was supposed to be Thomas Wayne Jr. But as we know, that didn't go over well with fans. It was thrown under the rug. We haven't really talked about it since. Yeah. Do you guys, would you guys be okay if this is literally his his older brother, as it would seem? Because I'm going to, I'm going to guess Edge or whatever he is, has about 10 years on this clock. That's my guess. Hmm. Ryan, what, what do you think? I would personally be okay. Because, you know, I do look at, I try to take into context, well, this is just, one adaptation of DC in the infinite universe. Mm-hmm. So if in this if in this incarnation they want to give Clark, you know, a brother, of to some degree, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm I'm fine with them playing around with canon for a little bit. And just for the record, I kind of liked that that uh, the whole Thomas Wayne Jr. talent thing. I did too. I yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted them to stick around with that because I thought that was kind of cool. I but wish they would. That, that's just me. So. Yeah, we're new 52 fans. I get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I would actually kind of be okay with it, too, to be quite honest. Now, obviously, you know, I am a stickler for things like continuity or anything, but I'm also somebody that, you know, while I've already made the point that I want these newer characters, these newer adaptations, you know, if they want to give Superman a brother, you know, they think that, you know, it's 2021, you know, we... We got to stop doing the same Superman story over and over again. You know, we're mm-hmm. never going to know if we never try kind of type thing. So, you know, if they do want to give this a shot. Let's see. Let's see how people react to it. And if they don't like it, let's maybe do a little bit of course cracking. You know, let's not give up so easily. You know, I mean, he is Superman after all. He is the most inspirational, hopeful guy in, in DC lore. You know, let, let's let's see what we can do here. You know, I think, you know, they've 
they've kind of showed how hopeful Superman can be, you know, how inspirational he can be. You know, maybe this is a thing like uh, the Aquaman movie here where it's like that Patrick Wilson, Jason Momoa thing where he's the villain at first, but then maybe he comes around a little bit. Maybe he's an anti-hero at the end of the season. Maybe Clark defeats him. Maybe he puts him away. I, what I don't think is going to happen, though, I don't think he dies because I don't think they want to see Superman killing anybody, <laughs> anybody, uh, anybody more. But that's just me. I could be completely wrong. I don't know, but we'll uh, see. Although it, it would be fun to see if uh, Superman fandom will would lose its ever-loving mind yes. if if Superman breaks yet another Kryptonian's neck, oh, or, or whether or not this would be okay. But if God forbid Snyder doesn't. Oh, I forgot. They're really loving the Snyder stuff. Never mind. They are. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> I'm thinking they're going to do the Phantom Zone. Just don't, <laughs> just don't put Lois and Jonathan in, in the mix in there. Because you know what's going to happen then, gentlemen. Don't put if, them in if, the if, that, if that's the case, then I'm if, when that episode airs, I'm not going to go on Twitter for a week. I'm just going to let this blow over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to wait and talk about it here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, gentlemen, I think let, let's not let have our brains here explode a little bit. I think we've had a very, very great discussion with Batwoman, with Superman and Lois. That's another great episode in the books. I can't believe it. We're actually nine episodes down. Episode 10 is on Tuesday. I think we're like, what, six episodes away now? Man, this is flying by, but, you know, having a Superman show every week has truly been incredible. Ryan, I want to thank you so much again for coming on. You have survived your first guest appearance on Vigilante 939. You have been a worthy addition. Well, thank you very finest, much. My friend. I want you <laughs> to you plug everything that you got on Twitter where everybody can find you, please. Oh, God, the only thing I have on Twitter is just my personal account, at the amazing Rye Guy. So I, I got nothing else really to promote right now. So awesome. Awesome. Chris, my guy, the other half of the world's finest here. I want you to plug everything that you got at the Let's Go Podcast Network and uh, where everybody can find you on social media. Sure. You guys can find me on Twitter at that Chris Evan zero. Please give the Let's Go Podcast a follow on Twitter as well. You can find my comic book reviews and my Batwoman reviews over there. I also do a show usually on Saturdays called Let's Go Live with my buddy Emmett Davis. This week, we got a special episode. It's going to be on Sunday. I'm calling it a super show. Nobody else is but me. So <laughs> the super show is on Monday. We're going to have a, a lot of guests, including someone you've just heard on here. And we're going to be discussing, further discussing the idea of what comic book film has had the largest cultural impact. So keep an eye out for that. Ooh, ooh baby. Can't wait for that. Well, you guys can follow this show at Vigilancy1939 on Twitter. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and consider leaving us a rating and a review. The reviews really do help this show grow. It kind of pushes the algorithm a little bit of people finding us even faster, and we certainly want people to find our show. Uh, please uh, consider checking out our T Public store. Just search Vigilancy1939 Podcast and help yourself. The weather's changing, so let's change with it. Grab yourself a T-shirt. You know, a tank top, I don't know, help yourself to anything you like. But as far as where you guys can follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Zedias because at the end of the day, I'm whatever Twitter needs me to be. You can read all my film and TV reviews. That includes Superman and Lois at www.letsgopodcast.com. Like Chris so eloquently said, follow the Let's Go Podcast YouTube channel. There's a tons of sub shows that I'm sure you will find one that's right for you. But until 
then that is going to put about a cap into this world's finest episode. I cannot wait to be back next week with another episode of Batwoman and Superman Lois. It's going to be great. But until then, as uh, Christopher Reeve Superman always said, you know, we're always around. So just remember that. And, of course, as Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell all your friends about me. <laughs>